Shut up, Bella. You know what? No. Hello and welcome back to the Shut Up Bella podcast, the podcast where you will beg me to shut up and I do not listen. Today's episode is once again another very exciting episode because I am joined by another special guest. I think this is my fourth special guest now, but I could be getting that totally wrong. We've already established my terrible, terrible memory on this podcast. Today's episode. Wow. What an amazing thing to announce. I had the pleasure of having an amazing conversation with Tali Purvis, whose real name is not Tali Purvis. Her name is Ellie and she was such, such an angel. Honestly, we got to talk about everything from her books, you know, things like The Girl Who Left Behind, Bulletproof, Wednesdays at Wesley's, all of that. But we also got to talk about Halloween snacks, regular snacks, Halloween movies. We had the pleasure of talking about everything. Ellie was so amazing to talk to. She was so sweet and bubbly and it was honestly just a pleasure. Also, I didn't know until I listened to her podcast with Nikita, my friend Nikita, who's already featured on this podcast. We recorded this when it was like 8am for her. You have to do that for me. <laughs> I listened to that and I felt so bad. 8am. She really didn't have to, but she did because she's that lovely. And now I get to prove to you all how lovely she is. So without further ado, let's get into it. So before we get into some questions I have drafted, how about you give a brief introduction for listeners? I'm sure everyone knows who you are already, but in case someone listening might not know. I'm sure there are people that don't know. <laughs> um, so I'm Ellie. Uh, I write under the pseudonym Tali Purvis uh, on Wattpad. And uh, I've been on the site since 2013. And I write a mix of teen fiction, thrillers... I was about to say romance, but I actually don't think I have written a romance. <laughs> um, I'm 21, which is a very weird number to say out loud, honestly. <laughs> I feel very, very old when I say that. And uh, I live in Toronto. I live downtown. So if you hear uh, a car, someone yelling, uh, a dog or like construction, that's because I live downtown. And I think there's construction right outside my window. So that's what's happening. I was going to say, if you hear a dog on my end as well, my puppy, I just try to put him to sleep. He's not very happy about going to sleep right now. <laughs> but he never usually is. I would I would love a dog so much. I have two. We just got oh our second Hugo at the end of August. So. Aww. I'm going to live vicariously through you then. <laughs> <laughs> also, you joined Wattpad in 2013. It's not very often I get to speak to someone who's been on Wattpad longer than me. I joined in 2014. And usually I'm talking to people and they're like, yeah, I joined like a year or two ago. And I'm like, what? Have people... I been here for years now? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm a little old now. I know. I, I, I find like recently a lot of people have joined within like since 2017. Which mm-hmm. is weird because before that, everyone was like, oh, it's 2011, I joined, 2010, I joined. But there's people, which is kind of nice. Change it up a bit. Yeah, it brings like but a little I bit was... of freshness. Exactly. Change, change the scene a bit. <laughs> but like my, the, the account I'm on, 2013, make covers. So I had an account just to make covers. And I had that since 
I think like late 2011. Yeah. So you was it 2013 that you started writing it under the pseudonym? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And was your first book bulletproof? No, my. I actually don't remember my first one. <laughs> I'll be honest. I there, there was an account I had before this one, which I was just trying things out. Uh, obviously, none of them worked. <laughs> so I ended up making a whole new account because I was like, none of this is working. No one's reading my book. Um, Bulletproof was like, I think, like the fourth book I finished writing. Uh, I wrote a lot of werewolf. Like I was Ooh. like, I, I wrote a ton of werewolf. <laughs> Um, I don't know why, because I haven't been able to write it since. I feel like I was given a moment of opportunity, I took it, and now I'm <laughs> incapable of writing it again. And so, obviously you said Bulletproof was your fourth book, so yeah. when did your writing start to take off in what part like it is now? Well, I had like moments with the werewolf ones, like it was a book that got number one in werewolf. Um, didn't like massively take off in the same way that some of my books have now, but it, it had like it had decent success. Um, then I kind of piggybacked off that and wrote teen fiction in 2014, and that that was bulletproof. Um, and that one probably did well just because it was teen fiction, it was bad boy, it kind of had everything most people wanted. So that one was the one that kind of out of nowhere really confused me <laughs> like literally one day there was just a lot of people reading it and my notifications were in the thousands and I was very confused so was it like an overnight sort of thing for bulletproof I mean uh, most people say theirs was overnight mine mine technically wasn't I thought it was but then I looked back at some screenshots that I found of the book when it was like only had five chapters up and like it was already kind of taking off then um but I think it was about six months in it hit 25 million reads and that's when out of nowhere it like went up and up and up and I was getting yeah that was when it kind of out of nowhere for some reason just had a ton of readers which was very strange because I would I would go on my phone in French class and like <laughs> sit in the back go on my phone and like all I would do was just check it and be like oh my god it's going up oh my god why are people reading this it's always French for me I always check it's my always history history is like my worst subject I'm always on my phone during history now I feel like there's always specific subjects you can get away with being on your phone doing so this is also me not advocate please go to school <laughs> listen to your listen yeah to your teachers get good grades but French and history are usually the classes you can you know check your messages on yeah so in terms of your writing process how do you come up with ideas like what would initially spark an idea for a book for you Honestly, I wish I knew. I feel like that would make it so much easier to <laughs> get ideas. I don't know. Sometimes people would always complain at me and be like, why do you have like 25 ideas going at once? And like, I'm very indecisive. I change my mind so much. Like I could literally just be listening to a song and then suddenly I have an entire book in my head and I'm ready to write it. And I'll write it down and then sometimes I might just ditch it after two days and decide, no, I don't want to do that. But mostly, if an idea will come up from music, 
um, if I watch a trailer, sometimes for some reason, the either the music in the trailer or the trailer itself like sparked something, and I'd be like, oh, oh, that's a good idea. Let's like run with that. Sometimes, literally, like for some reason, an idea will just show up. I, my mind's a, a strange place. I'm really not too sure how it deals with me. <laughs> so once you have, like like you said, you get quite a lot of ideas, how do you sort of narrow down which ideas you want to run with and which ideas you want to like abandon a bit more? Yeah, I, I kind of, I do the process, everyone. <laughs> like, I, I didn't come up with this. Someone else told me to do this. Um, but like, I basically, one, if I can't make a cover I like, <laughs> I ditch it. Which is so stupid, but like, if I can't make a cover, I'm gonna get so irritated, so I literally just throw it away. <laughs> it's not gonna look pretty, I don't want this. Or otherwise, I start writing it, and if I can't get past chapter, like, three, uh, then I ditch it, because that means it's just not working. Chapters three, five, and eight seems to be, like, the cursed chapters. Really? <laughs> uh-huh. I, I feel like, like chapter three is my cursed chapter. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had... My friends always say they get stuck at chapter eight. Me and Simone was in chapter five and chapter eight. It's always around like that mark. Just it really is. It. I feel like maybe I set mine a little too low, but I just I don't have the patience to get to chapter five or eight. Yeah, it can be hard sometimes, especially I, like if you just don't is. have it there to do it. Well, exactly. Usually I can tell. Like it's kind of sad because sometimes I'll have an idea and I'll be like, "This is this is like so great. I'm so excited to write this." And then I'll start writing it, and I'll just kind of sit there and go, oh, this, like, wasn't really what I thought it was going to be like. This is actually uh, not good at all. <laughs> or it can be hard. For me, I get, like, ideas like, certain scenes rather than a whole plot. Mm. So if you have, like, an idea for a scene you want, like, near the end or the middle, and you can't, like, get yeah. there, it can just be, like, so frustrating. So frustrating. I know. I wish we could just, like, write the scenes we want, and then the rest will just magically show up. Yeah. But no, that's not <laughs> how it works. So once you have like that initial idea and motivation to start writing, how do you like go on to plan your books? Do you plan? What's the situation uh, there? I mean, I'm I'm not one of those people. I commend anyone that sits and like takes weeks to plan. Like as in that's part of the process. <laughs> like they have like chapter one, and then they literally write everything that happens in chapter one, and they do that for all. 30 chapters I tried that once and I almost drove myself insane I also then changed my mind about everything that was going to happen in the book as I wrote it which then just drove me even more insane because I stared at that word document and thought you wasted so much time but for me I I I I like to I like a thrill (laughs) write a mystery and then like 30 chapters in thinking oh no is it even gonna connect live life on the edge with that planet uh, truly truly no I literally like for one of my uh books like ask amy was a thriller I literally had 12 notes pages on my phone of just things that could happen and I think I only used like six things out of 112 I, think it's I don't know why can, I like, chose those six, but there it was. <laughs> at least you can, like, self-edit your ideas. I struggle with that. If I have, like, anything, mm. I just want to include all of it immediately. I mean, fair, though. It is hard to limit yourself. <laughs> sometimes I'll go back and read the note and be like, oh, that, that was kind of a good 
subplot. Why didn't I bother doing that? <laughs> and most time it's because I forgot I even wrote that down. In terms of like sitting down to write, like, do you have any like favorite music you like to play while you're writing? I make I make playlists uh, for each of my books. But that's usually not until I've got. Uh, a certain amount of chapters in so I'm like I'm used to the kind of tone I like to listen to when I write it so usually I'll try and put something neutral on I usually always listen to Joji mm-hmm. not too like the tempo the bass is pretty chill so it doesn't feel like it's interfering when I'm writing uh, or sometimes I listen to music in French because sometimes English distracts me and I start writing out the lyrics. <laughs> so if I listen, I listen to it in French, I don't know what's happening. So that's great. I listen to a lot of podcasts while I'm writing about things I don't understand at all. Oh, that's smart. Like, I think recently I've been listening to a cricket podcast while I write. I don't understand a thing about cricket. So A cricket podcast? It's the most boring thing I've ever heard in my life. What, what what do you even talk about on a critic? I don't podcast? even know. Is I didn't know there was such a plethora of information on crickets that needed to be addressed. Oh uh, yeah, I'm curious now though. <laughs> In terms of, I've asked everyone this so far, and the like variety of answers like is driving me crazy. I need to ask every single person <laughs> I talk to about this. When you're writing, okay. do you have a favorite snack and drink combination? A favorite what? Sorry. A snack and drink combination. Oh. Hmm. I'm gonna be honest. I don't eat when I write. <laughs> I Everybody also don't think I drink it. either. I think I'm Which the only bad, one who eats. I know. <laughs> I just, this is probably bad because like, sometimes I've sat for four hours straight and I wow. literally do not eat or drink. I, I don't know. I always have Oreos in my room. Because I, I don't eat dairies, like Oreos is my go-to. Mm-hmm. I like the the peanut butter chocolate ones. They're really good. They're my favorite. But even then, like, I feel like the food's going to distract me. So like, I just don't reach for it. And then if there's a drink, like one time I, u- I used to always write and like have a cup of some kind of tea. But I'd forget the tea. And then I just have a cold cup of like gross water at the end of it and then it'd be like I've wasted a tea bag why would I do that to myself so now I just I don't I don't eat or drink when I write I always have to have a cup of coffee because I get tired and mm. I find I get more distracted if I'm thinking about like what I'm gonna eat next <laughs> rather than if I have food like next to me honestly I try that's to, like, fair. You, you have you have a solid method there <laughs> uh and those peanut butter Oreos, I don't think we'll have them in England. I'm really sad now. We want to try them. We have like a, we have a lot of Oreos here. <laughs> like a lot of very questionable flavors. But like they they don't taste like a normal Oreo, which I think is why I prefer them. <laughs> Cuz sometimes like the taste of an Oreo can get so boring. Oh yeah, we have like the normal Oreos and like the yeah. ones where it's like the double of the middle bit yeah and that's like like, all we have yeah i don't know i here if i go down like the cookie aisle there's just like half of it is just oreos (laughs) it's a little concerning honestly i i don't know why they're making so many but oh well in terms of writing as well like do you have a favorite time of day that you like to write (laughs) Uh, i don't know see i'd love to be one of those people that 
would wake up early, write, and then have it uploaded by the end of the day. But I'm going to be bluntly honest, even since I was still in high school, I would mostly write on my phone. Now I write more on my laptop, but I'd write on whatever is near me. I Anytime after 9pm, <laughs> going yeah. up to like 3am, like I just remember, I think like I wrote most of like the biggest chapters, like the most important ones at like 11pm to 1.30am. Because <laughs> honestly, it doesn't take me that long to write a chapter. Like I can write a 2000 word chapter in maybe like an hour and a half, two hours which is like average for me, but I can't do it during the day. I don't know why. <laughs> like if there's light outside, I can't do it. Like it really bugs me. It needs to be dark. I need to have like my fairy lights on. I need to know it's dark outside. That's like a really like, cute like image though. Like with all the dog and like the fairy <laughs> that's lights. That's literally, that's me every night that I'm writing. <laughs> now, now everyone can have that image in their mind of me just like in the corner with my fairy lights on <laughs> at 2 a.m. But, like, also, my laptop is so loud when I hit the keys, and I feel like my roommates can hear me if I'm on my <laughs> laptop really late. So I will mostly just switch to my phone, because that's silent, and then they won't yell at me. <laughs> I think, like, right as, as, as a whole, like, mm-hmm. everyone I've spoken to is, like, I write at night. I don't yeah. know what it is about night for us. It's just, like, so much easier to write. I feel like it's maybe because, like, during the day, if I write during the day, I'm going to talk to myself and be like, why are you not doing schoolwork? You should be doing your schoolwork. Like, it's during the day. Why are you, why are you writing? You should be writing your paper. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I constantly just berate myself about it. Because, like, during the day, I feel like that's the time I do all my schoolwork. And then at night, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> Mm-hmm. but then also like I'm I feel like I'm nocturnal or something because it's always if it gets past 11 p.m I will suddenly have the urge to deep clean my entire room but at 11 p.m yeah <laughs> and I'm like, exactly it's so stupid like I've literally many times I've told myself no you're fine like y- you'll do it tomorrow morning like look how excited you are to deep clean your room and then it gets to tomorrow morning and I no longer want to clean my room so I have to grab my optimal <laughs> chance at 11 p.m at night and clean my entire room which is so stupid it's 11 p.m at night I need to go to bed my family's getting like sick of like my night owl random bits of energy <laughs> It was like 10 p.m. and I was like, I really want like cupcakes. I should go down in the kitchen and make cupcakes. And my parents were like, no, we're going to bed. You can't make cupcakes. <laughs> no, I completely get that. Sometimes I'll just make noodles at like midnight. And I'm like, I feel like I'm maybe hungry. Um, I'm not. I should be going to sleep. And I'm like, no, I'm going to be writing for a bit. Like I should make noodles. So I'd, I have noodles specifically for the fact that I could be awake at 12 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I buy them. In terms of like the editing process, like how would you describe your mm-hmm. relationship? Do you enjoy editing? Do you hate editing? Um, I'll be honest, I don't edit. <laughs> I love that. I mean, okay, well, when it comes to like the books I post on Wattpad, like I just I write it and then I immediately fling it on there, like it just the second I hit the end of the chapter it it's over there it's gone and sometimes 
if in the comments people have pointed out a typo, I'll fix it then. That's just so they stop pointing it out. Because for some reason, if one person points it out, then 10 other people feel the need to also point it out, even though someone has already pointed it out. So then there's just like 12 comments saying you spelled that wrong. And I'm like, now I feel stupid. So I have to change it and make them feel stupid forever thinking it was spelled wrong. But like, in terms of editing, I mean, I have all of my friends, like, they spend hours editing a chapter, they put it through software. I literally, I can't, I hate editing. <laughs> I hate it so, so much. Like, I don't mind if I have to rewrite a book, but even then, I just, it's, it's what I enjoy. No, I think it's, like, something about it, like, feels, to me personally, it, like, stuns the creativity almost. Oh, yeah. It can be so cool. And it's weird, though, I really can. <laughs> I really can. I mean, it's kind of weird because some people are like, oh, editing's my favourite part. And I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> why? Why is fixing typos and realising your grammar sucks uh, an interesting part of your day? <laughs> like, literally, I, I can't even put it through Grammarly because I'm going to get upset. <laughs> It's literally gonna tell me your grammar sucks. And <laughs> like I'm an English major, my grammar can't suck. I do English literature. I feel like if they told me my grammar sucked, I'd have to like rethink everything oh, I'm no. doing in school. I know. Like literally, I'll be writing an essay, and then I, I sometimes just have an absolute like crisis, thinking, "Is that how you use that comma? Like, am I doing <laughs> this correctly?" And then I'll sometimes use that in a book, and then I'm like. No, Ellie, you're not writing a research paper. Calm down. <laughs> you don't need to be putting this in your book. I found that ever since like studying English literature at A level, I think my writing's like somewhat improved. Do you think studying English has helped your writing improve at all? Um, um I, f- I feel like I feel like reading a variety of books has helped broaden what I write. Like, it's helped broaden the scope, uh, helped me write multiple genres, that kind of thing. I don't do English, like, um, language. Like, it's just English lit. So I, I, they literally don't teach me grammar. So I feel like my <laughs> quality of writing is uh, is whatever it was at the beginning at this point. But I feel like, you know, I've, I've been able to read books like I would never would have found before. Like there's some like obscure texts we read. So I feel like reading those and learning about how they wrote those books and like what the conventions of those books are probably helped me broaden my horizons a little past just uh, teen boy, teen girl have a have a romance with no conflict <laughs> yeah i mean speaking of your books let's move on to bulletproof i am really interested to know like the origins of this book like mm. where did the like plot idea come from where did this stem from you see i i try i try i've tried so hard to remember how i thought of this book and I can't, like, I, I literally cannot remember. I just, I just literally, it's not there. Like, I remember that. I, this, I think I was just walking around school. I think I got into one of my classes. And for some reason, there was something about a guy who was, because it used to be called the boy at the back of the class. Mm-hmm. Um, before it was, I renamed it Bulletproof. So it was called the boy at the back of the class. And I remember there was something about a boy at the back of 
the class. I don't remember what it was. I don't think he was cute. I feel like I would have remembered that part. So I feel like he was just at the back. And I was like, oh, that's like, that's a great title. Wow. That's okay. And then I think I just built from there. <laughs> but like, like stuff that happened in the book, like there's a, like there's a drama teacher who is questionable um, and they have to paint like set pieces for a stupid musical or play that that happened to me I literally had a crazy drama teacher and I had to paint set pieces <laughs> for a stupid play and I literally sat there like why is why am I getting credit for this this is so stupid <laughs> it was in drama class I'm like why are we not no I was literally painting for my whole drama class I remember reading that and thinking, this sounds like the detention from High School Musical. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, it is. Okay. That was their detention, but it was my classroom. <laughs> like, as a Brit, I was like, do Americans like actually have to do this kind of stuff? <laughs> I mean, that's also the issue, is that like I only know Canadian high school, and apparently that's quite different to American high schools, which I didn't know. things you did i just know how a canadian high school works so if someone corrected me i'd be like um it's, it's not my issue <laughs> yes no <laughs> fix it in your head that's not um, it's it's not my fault and then in terms of franny and tyler was mm-hmm. there any specific inspiration in terms of like their dynamic their relationship or moments that they have throughout the book i think for that one it was probably the one relationship i wrote where I didn't really pre-plan much of it. It was really, the two of them came very, very naturally, which I liked because sometimes I do have to pretty heavily think about how relationships are working in my books and like how they're going to evolve. But this one was very, very natural. I always see it as like my, like my little cutesy, like, actually it's not, yes, it's not, it's like actually very angsty, but like my, <laughs> like in my head, they're like a little like, they're, they're my little like cute little teen little first love wrote ro- like kind of relationship and no they came very natural um they I feel like they build off each other very well they're they're kind of opposites but they're really not that different which I think was the appeal to them I think it's well like obviously you talk about chemistry in terms of like movie actors mm-hmm. having chemistry and characters but I think in writing as well it's like always so clear where two characters do or don't just have that initial chemistry yeah no it's you can definitely tell and that's that's always one of my fears is that I'm writing characters that are supposedly going to be getting into a relationship and there's like there's no chemistry like I'm thinking there is but there isn't that's always my fear um but I feel like for these two um they they I feel like they always had like a solid amount of chemistry um whenever people reread the book they tell me they mostly read it for the two of them which which is good that that means that I I did something right (laughs) and then so obviously Bulletproof got very very big on Mm -hmm. Wattpad what was the initial response to Bulletproof like all the way back in 2014 and then what is it like in comparison to how people react to it now so when when I first posted it, as I said, like it was moderate success, and then out of nowhere, it I think it was when it probably reached uh, like number one in teen fiction. It kind of went absolutely insane and out of nowhere. When also it's like responses from readers are different when they're rereading something, 
or they're reading it once it's already finished compared to when they're reading it while you're updating it. So like when I was writing it, it will get like thousands and thousands of comments. It would get uh, so much traction. But then now it's more kind of calm, which I like. I like, I really don't, <laughs> I don't know, like that many people commenting is like very, a very weird feeling. I don't know. Like it's nice, but also I, I don't know if I can sit through that again. Like it was very overwhelming. I couldn't even read them. Um, but now it's a little more relaxed uh a good a decent amount of people still read it every day which i'm very thankful for um but also i rewrote it since i first posted it like the one that's up now is a complete rewrite it's completely different so it's kind of nice to see people react to the rewrite now compared to how they were reading the first version i prefer the reactions to the rewrite i think they prefer that book a lot more mm-hmm. And then this book is under the paid stories as well. So can you give us a bit of insight into your background with the paid stories on Wattpad? It is. So yeah, that's the only book I currently have in there. Um, Basically, they contacted me saying that they wanted to paywall it, but that they weren't going to... Sometimes they don't fully onboard the books into the program. So like they don't give marketing, that kind of thing. They just paywall it. Um, Some books have that. And I kind of expected that because of how many reads the book already had. Uh, So they gave it a paywall. Um, So it didn't get marketing or anything because of that. But then they emailed me, I think, about two months later. And they said that it had exceeded the expectations they'd had for the amount of people that bought it. And so then it got fully onboarded into the program because um, so many people had ended up uh, buying well, unlocking the book, um, which is why then it got the marketing. Uh, It ended up being a bestseller, which is really cool. Congratulations. Yeah, I was like very, very surprised and happy about that. But um, no, I think I'm very happy for that book to be the one that's in paid. Uh, It was edited professionally a while ago um, because it became an audio book. So it's like, it's the highest quality I could possibly make it. and so I'm I'm proud for people to be able to buy it. And I, I'm happy it managed to get to that stage. Well, congratulations for all that. That's so amazing. Thank you. Thank you. In terms of other amazing books, the first note I have regarding questions about the Peter Pan effect is Caps mm-hmm. Lock. I love this book so freaking <laughs> much. I absolutely adore it. I it, think It's, like, it's what... my favourite. It, it is genuinely my favourite. I think um, my friend recommended it to me a few years ago. Really? And so I read it and then I was like, oh yeah, this is good. And then I rediscovered it and I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. I love it. Oh, thank you. I just love the way it's tackled, like with all of the different issues that each character goes through and how it's more like an an ensemble cast in a way Mm -hmm. with everyone having their individual storylines. How did you like think of doing this almost like it's like an entire own little world like how did you think of telling a story in this way well it's funny because this book used to just be called charlie and chloe um and i wrote that one in 2015 but i only got i think about 10 chapters in before i decided i hated where it was going i did not like the direction uh you will learn that i i rewrite <laughs> i rewrite my books a lot um but i basically i took the book down and i decided i wanted to 
in a different direction. So then I changed it to, I changed the title. Uh, I am very happy. That's like that title, going to be quite honest. <laughs> but basically, as I was writing it, I really just wanted a book that I could feel nostalgic for. Because like, I'm British, I was born in England, and like I-, I lived there for a solid amount of time. And so this was the book I would turn to when I was homesick. Uh, I was missing stuff that was normal for, like to me, but I couldn't get in Canada. And so I'd write this book and just that's why in the first, I think, like 10 chapters, you'll see a lot of references to things and places in England because I was Mm -hmm. trying, I was like, I was homesick. I was like, oh, we're going to go to Greg's. We're going (laughs) to do all these things. Uh, There's a Primark somewhere. Uh, So it was definitely (laughs) like it was like a little therapeutic book for me. But then I I realized these characters uh, kind of formed their own selves very early less about like romance and stuff I wanted almost almost like a character study kind of um it's like you know if something happens if multiple things happen to like a group of friends and a family how does like how do they react to that how does the dynamics of the family change how do the dynamics of the friendships change this starts off with um it's a brother and sister and their friends uh so chloe and jack and their mom has left them and that's literally how the book starts like their mom's gone their family dynamic has literally gone to crap um and then later on their friend dynamic goes to crap because bad stuff then happens to them and it's it's really just i wanted a book that was more focused on people and what they're doing compared to you know the plot yeah I love that I think something like I think quite often is like strong characters can carry Mm. like a weak plot but weak characters can't carry a strong plot 100% so so I think anything with like a strong ass character I am so here for in terms of like the book being set in Britain as well, I remember reading this after Bulletproof and thinking like, oh wow, this author has really like researched into like the life of a British person <laughs> because like most Americans wouldn't know Canadians wouldn't know about like Greg's and like Primark and things. No. So then to hear like you are British like that just makes like so much more sense yeah. in my mind. Oh yeah, it's also because like America is the default to set something somewhere uh, mm. until you figure out like you don't have to default it as America which is why like most people will realize like almost all my books are set in Canada now um because I I don't I do not know what it's like to live in America um so I and I cannot be bothered to research more than I need to so I prefer if it's just set in places I now know because at least then I can just take directly from my mind instead of having to research it yeah it's like you can write what you know exactly and that that was the point of this book like I just wanted to be able to write something that I knew that felt nostalgic for me um and yeah there's there's literally not that many books set in England there just there isn't like they're just not there (laughs) especially like teen fiction books most people set like their fantasy books Mm. in England because apparently we're like this fantastical place (laughs) yet to experience that over here but <laughs> sorry well, you disappeared just... there for a second oh Anka's been playing up on me recently <laughs> oh it's fine don't worry about it 
I was just saying in terms of your other books, mm-hmm. especially bikini season. This book yeah. me this makes me feel seen. Aww. As I relate to this main character a lot. Aww. So I think it's a great message of body positivity for young mm. women. So how did you sort of think about writing this story? I think it was I wrote I think it's been about four years now. Um and I just wanted I, I just I remember I think I was reading comments on a book and it was a huge thread and it was just one else's book um but there was just a thread of like over 60 comments of girls saying that they felt so bad about a certain part of their body and I was like oh my god this is this is so sad that they're all saying how much they do not like a part of their body and they said it was because of someone else you know someone else had brought it up they'd read that it wasn't attractive to be like that um there you know people in their lives had said that they they weren't attractive because of that and it was just so sad and I wanted to write just a very short very simple book that kind of I think the humor in it probably helps uh I think sometimes it's can be a little much if it there's no humor in it I feel like this was a message that was better brought across with humor um but it's basically just a book about a girl who has more of a flat chest which is normal a lot of people do yeah <laughs> from his experience yeah yeah and basically like her multiple boyfriends who made her feel like crap about it and she's telling her friends about those boyfriends and how absolutely awful they were um and like even though it's funny like the way the boyfriends react it is sad at the same time because the, the some people do react like that and they've made her feel like crap for it and then at the end you know it, it's about realizing that it doesn't matter if someone else you know, someone else's opinion on what is attractive should not be the starting point for you deciding what's attractive about you something that was an issue for so many girls especially like because of things being online now and they see so many types of like other people on instagram and they constantly compare themselves Uh, and i just feel it's sad like you you shouldn't be comparing yourself to other people yeah and i think what you said there about using humor and like that kind of satirical Mm. tone definitely yeah that kind of helps the point get across so definitely definitely so this is a message for all itty bitty titty committee girls. They are <laughs> incredible. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it was my friend who pointed out like that was the name. I was like, this is amazing. How did it's I brilliant. not know this I before? That. <laughs> it's so good. And then speaking of getting messages across to girls, the next book I have written down, once mm-hmm. again, this was recommended to me by a friend. This friend I love used to that. she's She's left Wattpad since. We used to, like, compare books all the time in 2015, Aww. 2016. And she was constantly, like, go on Tally Purpose's account and read every single book that's Aww, there. That's so sweet. Oh, my God. I feel like I never kind of get over if someone is like, oh, I, like, told my friend to read this. I'm like, you tell your friends? Like, you actually... I'm, I'm worth your time? Like, you actually tell your friends? Of course. Like, it genuinely still surprises me that people do that. So the girl he left behind once again. Mm-hmm. I love this book like with my whole heart. 
I remember I think I read it in like one night and I like cried I used to have bunk beds like above my sister and she like called up like Bella why are you crying so hard it's like 11 p.m that I was sobbing oh my god I just felt like so bad for Stacey and it just Mm. sort of changed my perspective on like every like stereotypical like mean girl on Wattpad it kind of like shifted my whole perspective definitely I would I like, like to know some more about like the origin that you like how you came up with Stacey's character in particular in regards to like this story. Mm-hmm. I mean, for this one, it's a short story, so the point was for it to be pretty straightforward, kind of clipped emotions. I, I think that's the writing style I was going for for this was like I wanted it to be as straightforward as it could be about what was happening, what the feelings were. Um, but I always kind of say this book is like a reactionary book, like it's a reactionary story because it genuinely, I only came up with the idea after reading so many books. And I think this was mostly in the werewolf genre, some in teen fiction, but I was reading so many books and there was just, there's always this girl who is, who has been with the main guy for a long time Sometimes she even thinks they're gonna get married. She's like, she, like their families know each other. Like they're literally, they're they're literally set. And then out of nowhere, he just he just dumps her. Like he literally just flings her across the room. <laughs> but then the way the books then completely vilify her and dehumanize her as like this absolutely insane ex who is you know not worthy of any sympathy i mean there are crazy exes of course there are i'm confused why every single book on wattpad has a deranged crazy ex um but it's more the idea that the amount of slut shaming in those books is awful and the fact they're written by young girls as well is awful it's so bad and I just remember there was this one book I think that set me off completely and it was a werewolf book and the girl who's like the side girl literally almost died like woman character did and like it was on purpose like she's literally like stay away from my man and like almost kills her and at that point I'm like Jesus Christ what the hell are you doing and I read the comments expecting people to be like oh my god why would she almost kill her and the comments were like why didn't she just kill her I'm like uh, what <laughs> I'm like what do you mean just kill her and I'm like what do you mean just kill her I was very concerned I was very confused and I think at that point I just every time I've read those books I always sympathize with the side girl. I don't know why. Like, it's just, she did nothing wrong most of the time. Like, she's literally just there. <laughs> and she's pissy. Exactly. She's pissy she got dumped out of nowhere. I'm like, I'd be pissy too. <laughs> you know, what the hell? I'd be annoyed too. If I just got... I'd be raging. Exactly. And then also, if he then comes... And so many times the main guy, like, comes back and uses her to make the main girl jealous. I'm like, you came back. You're so dumb. Why would you do that? <laughs> the girl. I'm like, I don't understand. It's literally the man's fault. And it's just, oh, it's ridiculous. I mean... The, if a girl shows up in the frame of like the two main characters they will literally someone will yell at them someone will like yell slut from the background it's just absolutely ridiculous and i think it's, it's not it's not healthy to teach young girls that 
every other woman is a threat. It's not healthy at all. Like, not every other woman is a threat in any capacity. And I think we, like, women teach themselves this. Actually, no, they don't teach themselves. Media teaches them. (laughs) Books like this. Movies. Everything else. (laughs) Teaches them that. You know, you ha- you attack the other woman before you attack the man, which is stupid. <laughs> it's so, so dumb. stupid. I'm like, literally, women attack other women because they're taught that if they attack the man, they're not going to win. So we should not be perpetuating that. We should not be also, promoting that. Why are we competing over men in the first place? Yeah, I'm like, maybe get your head out your ass. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, what the hell is happening? But I, I just remember this this book was only supposed to be like five chapters. Like it was supposed to be super, super short. I'm not even sure how it was gonna end it, but it was supposed to be like literally like the shortest of stories. But for some reason like I kinda kept going with it and it then became I think this book is about seventeen thousand words. Uh I then wrote a sequel for it. Um but really the point of the book is just to try and make people not judge immediately and this also this isn't just like reined into books like the point is like you should just not be judging other women in your life immediately you should not be calling them derogatory terms you should not be attacking them and then not also attack the man (laughs) yeah it's like you've reclaimed like the stereotype of the slut right the book yeah and giving people like the lens that they like the insight that they need to be more critical of exactly the way the media is showing exactly and there's been like there's been like a solid amount of books over the last few years that have done that as well which is nice which is good especially on Wattpad but I mean it's also like I would get comments like on this book um like I literally I do not look at the comments for the first like but like all the chapters apart from the last one I do not look at comments because it's literally just people yelling at each other <laughs> And then it's funny because there'll be a comment of someone yelling and then on the last chapter they'll be like, oh, thank God, like you changed my mind. I'm like, yeah, you were literally yelling <laughs> 20 minutes ago. You were so angry. <laughs> like you literally were yelling at the main character. <laughs> you changed your mind. But I mean, it's the fine. It's, I get comments that were like, yeah, but by definition, she is a slut. And I'm like, that's not. That's, no, <laughs> like, no. I'm like, it's a derogatory term. What do you mean by definition? I'm like, that's not, that's not like saying her hair is purple. Like, it's not an adjective. No. I don't understand. They're like, I'm like, how do you not realize? Like, that word is literally it's a derogatory term that was made by men to shame women for having sex. So, yeah. no, you shouldn't use it. It's like, well, like, technically, I'm like, technically not. No. <laughs> Like, there's no justification. Don't no. use it. Exactly. I'm like, how do you not know? That's a bad word. <laughs> like, it's just, I know. It's literally an insult, specifically against women. Why would you use it? Like, you don't turn around and be like, well, like, based on the logic, she is a slut. I'm like, no, no, it's literally an insult. <laughs> yeah, like, there's no, like, if you do these three things, you are a slut. Because, exactly. Like what, like, what even is a slut? It's not even, like, a real thing. It's invented by the patriarchy anyway so (laughs) like i love how like that's like the controversy like in the comments because there should be no controversy regarding this (laughs) 
they're like, but she is. I'm like, then you're not understanding the point of this entire book. <laughs> In terms of like other books as well, so mm-hmm. you've got Ask Amy and Two Truths. Yes. And there were some questions from readers about this as well, which obviously I loved getting questions from your readers. They were all so sweet. Yes. They and myself wanted to know a bit more about the use of multimedia in your books and how it is quite prominent. And why do you think that you've used so much multimedia across your books? I think, well, for this one, for Ask Amy, I was going to write it as a narrative. Uh, It was going to be just a normal novel. Um, but then someone mentioned, <laughs> someone someone said, wow, it's so cool you're going to be writing this, like, as media. Because I think I'd mentioned I'll throw in a couple pieces of multimedia, but they thought the whole book was going to be multimedia. But then I kind of sat and I thought, wait, no, that's so much better than what I was going to do. No, we're going to go with that. I'm going to pretend that was my idea. <laughs> so then, I don't know, uh, it was um, it was a little bit challenging when I was first doing it. I wrote Ask Amy really, really quick. I wrote it in like a month and two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. This was very, very fast. But I think the point of it being multimedia really just helps bring across the message more because both books are heavily, especially Ask Amy, are heavily in the idea that you got to protect yourself when it comes to technology and social media. And so then having the book written through a means of technology, through uh, media, I think is really uh, the main point of it. So you get more of a feel for it that way. It feels more like it's actually there instead of it just being an... Well, I'm, I'm, some, I'm someone that thinks that we do not have to just write in the format of a novel. I am tired of the format of a novel. <laughs> I, I don't get it. Like Everything else evolves. Films evolve paintings evolve books are just they're there like they are the same they're the same format they're the same you have to have the same amount of words they don't change like the format's the exact same and I'm like why why is no one changing things why is it not more fun <laughs> and so it's like I don't want to write a stupid book again like I want to write it as <laughs> pictures so literally I I made an adult picture book is technically what has been created here <laughs> I think talking to you today it's like you're really like, I think you're a genius in some ways. Like the way you're using like different formats of storytelling, like, depending on the story. You should. Like, no one ever calls me a genius. <laughs> they should be. Like it's the way you're using like format and mm. style, like to tell like each individual story so well. Like that's genius to Thank me. Thank you. No, I'm, I'm I'm someone that thinks that I'm like a firm believer that I think you learn more about yourself as a writer and the way you tell stories if you change the physical way you're writing stories, you know? Like, have fun with it, you know? Like, especially if you're uploading it to Wattpad. Like, you have a space that is not dictated by a publisher, not dictated by a market. You can do basically whatever you want. And, you know, it's fun. It's different. I think for a lot of people reading it, it was interesting for them as well to read something like that and then then surprisingly they enjoyed it which was good as well so you use multimedia which is possible Mm -hmm. on Wattpad do you think that because of this would you be put off from posting to other platforms where this might not be possible or do you think that in the future you would look to 
use other platforms like specifically for the multimedia just like in general in general i think um i'm down to do other platforms i've already i'm like planning on eventually putting stuff up on radish um, mm-hmm. That was always a plan of mine, uh, just because the audience there is different to adult romance. And that was a plan of me to write one of those in the future. Um, I I feel like in the past, I always kept everything very much just to Wattpad because I didn't want to deal with being on multiple platforms. Um, but I think if another platform is going to fit you better for specific stories, why not also just do that one you know like adult romance won't give me won't do too well for me on Wattpad but it'll do really well for me on Radish and it's the same for people that write on Tapas uh and oh my god what's the other one no I don't remember <laughs> there's another one <laughs> somewhere there's another one. Oh, Inkit there it is um like mm-hmm. those platforms for some people they just work better and also, those platforms sometimes have better monetization programs. Wattpads is pretty difficult to get into. Um, with Radish, like, you have complete control over what you monetize, that kind of thing. Uh, with Inkit, I'm pretty sure you just get paid for views, which is kind of sick. Um, yeah. So like, you know, I get it. Like, I don't think you need to stick with one platform. I think spread your wings. Do what you want. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's all these two books are proof that, like, you are such a good writer. Like, it's like you're a genius. Oh, that yeah. you can, like, cover, like, across a wide array of genres. Mm. Do you think when you're writing, you have one genre you like the most, or one that, like, is, like, the best fit for you? Or do you like the fact that you can write any genre you please? I think this is also probably just my ability to be indecisive and impatient. Um, but I. I commend anyone that can write one genre. <laughs> like, I really do. And most people do. Like, you know, you brand yourself like, oh, I'm a, I'm a romance author. Oh, I'm a thriller writer. Um, and they're able to brand themselves. I literally cannot brand myself because my description would be so long. <laughs> like, YA contemporary, thriller, romance, action. <laughs> literally, it'd literally be so long. But I think it's because I started writing on Wattpad very young like I was on my current account I was oh my god what was I was I 13 yeah I was 13 there we go (laughs) and um I didn't know what my writing style was like I didn't know what I was good at writing so I tried everything and I'm still trying everything because I still don't think I've fully figured out my writing style and I still don't feel like there's one genre I will pick over all the others um I genuinely think that I will just write multiple genres until the day I die that's good though I think it's a good way of like keeping everything fresh because obviously you use different you use different techniques when you're writing thrillers when you're writing romance so it just keeps everything sharp Exactly. And I think it's also, it keeps stuff a little bit more fun for me because then if I'm writing one kind of book and I'm feeling a little, little, a little down on that one or not sure how to continue, I'll just quickly go to another one and write that instead. Um, so for me, it works. And for me, I find more enjoyment from writing multiple types of books than just the one. Yeah. So Whipped is obviously very different. To mm. And it is so freaking cute. It literally, <laughs> it just makes me want to run away to a small town 
open a bakery, eat cupcakes. <laughs> it's so cute. And in terms of relationships mm-hmm. across your books, they do play like somewhat of a prevalent role in yes. romance subplots. How do you get like this kind of romantic inspiration, like more in general? I think it's. I mean. I'm not too sure. I mean, I haven't had I haven't had that much romance in my life, so like I can't even say like I've pulled it from my own life experiences. Same but, girl, same. I mean, I'll be honest. Like when it comes to specific relationships, whatever feels natural. Like I can usually tell. It's kind of weird. Like I can usually tell if there's chemistry between characters, which is kind of a creepy thing to say. Like it's that that's a it's kind of creepy that like. <laughs> if I write a chapter I can be like oh they have chemistry but like I wrote it so of of course I would know that but it's still very strange (laughs) but for these ones I think especially in Whipped um, I wanted relationships that were a little bit more closer to what is normal than what is on Wattpad like for example like Maisie and Logan the two main characters um, they they go on a date (laughs) And the amount of people that were surprised he asked her out on a date. I'm like, why Why are you surprised? Apparently that's not normal <laughs> on like a Wattpad book. Apparently they just, they just kiss and like, that's it. I'm like, no, no, my characters will go on a date. She will go on a date. She will have dates. <laughs> she will dress up. <laughs> she will, he will buy her dinner. Like this is going to happen because this is what happens in real life. And it's the same reason that like their first kiss is a literal hot mess. Like, they literally butt heads five times. Uh, she almost knees him in the groin. Uh, it's literally ridiculous. But it's also because most first kisses are not good. <laughs> like, yeah. They're literally awful. Like, they're a mess. They're so awkward. So awkward. Um, they're literally, they're not memorable. They're not good. Uh, too much teeth. And it's just, I wrote that and everyone's like, this is so realistic. I'm like, well, yes, this is what happened. I wanted something that was more normal and it's also the reason why like Keith and Charity have like a few moments where they seem like they're gonna get together but then at the end I'm like no no they're not gonna be together no I I don't want them together (laughs) because that's normal that happens yeah exactly like if you do remember your first kiss it's very rarely because there was fireworks and butterflies very rarely you're remembering it for something else It's usually not the best. No, (laughs) no, sadly no. Not that we're trying to completely destroy any romantic dreams out there, (laughs) Um, but we slightly are. (laughs) Yes. Encouraging healthy realism. Exactly. I would say. We cannot be blamed for that. This is a PSA. (laughs) But disclaimer right at the introduction. Please, please. (laughs) Disclaimer, you cannot hold us liable for your destroyed relationships. (laughs) Before we move on to some questions from readers, I just have a few more questions more about like writer's block and mm-hmm. burnout. Because I think everybody experiences different levels of like a block or oh, a burnout. Yeah. Would you say that you are someone who suffers from writer's block quite often or do you find it more easy to combat these sort of lacks of motivation? I think I I used to get writer's block pretty often. Um, but then I had a huge burnout. Like I, I was burnt out completely uh, the year I went to university, <laughs> which was like not the time to be burnt out. 
Um, but I that lasted uh, about two years. I literally was uploading ch- old chapters I'd edited instead of writing new ones because I could not write anything. Uh, completely burnt out. Like I couldn't do anything. I had no ideas. Uh, I tried something and it didn't work. Uh, after I got over that burnout, um, I ended up not getting writer's block that much, honestly. Uh, it's kind of like instead of multiple writer's block, now I will get like a three to four month long burnout uh, instead, which is not the best, but like it's also I can't control that. It just happens. Uh, other people will get multiple bouts of writer's get over quicker which is usually the easier to manage one uh rather than the the two-year-long burnout yeah I think burnout as well it's it can be quite hard to like know what to do while you're experiencing a burnout after a while of experience of writing do you now have like a sort of routine you do when you feel this kind of way towards writing yeah I mean, a burnout, I feel like, is the, oh, it's almost like, it's like, it's like the last thing you get to, like, you'll go through writer's block, but then, like, a burnout is, like, the much harder one, the way more difficult one, and, I mean, if you don't handle a burnout well, you can literally end up hating writing, you can end up hating uh, the work you've written. I mean, when I was in my burnout, I was literally um, about to stop writing forever. <laughs> I literally had like emails in I have emails in my draft that I was going to send off and then just leave because it's hard like a burnout is like genuinely like it's a mental struggle if you have a burnout it's a genuine like you suddenly have absolutely no love or care for what you were passionate about like a day before and if this lasts like for mine mine was almost two whole years like it's very difficult to um get out of it and then even when you're out of it like I thought I was out of it just over a year into the burnout and then I'd realize no like it was still very much prevalent mentally I had not figured out what I was doing yet um you know writing is very much a mental thing you do have to make sure you're taking care of your mentality when you're doing it yeah definitely so now some questions from readers like I said they were all so sweet. They sent a lot of questions. Aww. So I've picked like the general gist of a lot of them because there was like hundreds. We would be here until like really? Friday <laughs> <laughs> trying to answer all of them. <laughs> so somebody wanted to know when writing a first chapter of a book, what do you suggest focusing on or what do you yourself like to focus on? For the first chapter, what do I like to focus on? Yeah. I think... When it comes to a first chapter, I think that's the one you should edit and try and make the best you can. I think for those ones, what I personally like to focus on is getting the reader into the gist of how the story is going to go. Um, so like for Bulletproof, I, I read a prologue. I didn't write, um, I didn't go straight into the first chapter, but the prologue is basically Tyler in his underground fighting ring um, and you get the gist of him what he's like, what he's going through. And for my book, like Wednesdays at Wesley's, which is a college rom-com, uh, you get the gist of the friendship dynamics, uh, what the main character's like, uh, how she deals with stuff. And I feel like you need to focus in on 
what's going to be promising in your book like what 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 is the reader here for what are they going to be liking in this book try and mention that in your first chapter and it's going to make it easier to continue onto the second it's also going to make it easier for the reader to book and your first chapter is just like your main character at a coffee shop and then they go home it's a little difficult when there's nothing in the first chapter that's promising to you know the romance element or promising to what was going to happen like if they're in a coffee shop but then there's an ad for like a single date night well there you go then you mentioned it then you finally got into the promising part you do i think you have to really decide i think the first chapter is very important to really decide what's going to be important in there i think that's such fantastic advice for anyone just starting to write all like they've written six books and they're going to write their seventh now like that advice goes for anyone because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. first chapters are difficult for everyone like i hate them <laughs> i literally the f- i i sit there and i'm like my god how do you write a book uh, <laughs> uh what and I literally do not remember for like a full five minutes. They're very difficult. But once you get into a rhythm, they'll be easy to write and then just go through and edit it and just make sure you're not, you know, having paragraphs that aren't needed. You aren't having run on sentences. You need to really keep it pretty clear, pretty concise, uh, straight to the point. Let them know your writing style. Let them know the characters. Maybe give them a hint of what's going to happen and then they'll keep reading. Yeah, definitely. Somebody has asked, what is your sign? I'm a Leo. Oh, me too! Oh, see, I say I'm a Leo, but, like, everyone kind of doesn't believe me, because in (laughs) person, I'm outwardly not that much of a Leo. Like, I don't really... I'm not not shy. Well, I guess maybe I'm shy. I don't know. But, like, I just... I don't... I'm not loud or anything. (laughs) Like, I don't care. But, like, internally... I am I am so aggressively a Leo. <laughs> and like I feel yeah. like online, online I am. Oh. So it's like a very strange mix. <laughs> yeah. I think people know like when I tell like people in my personal uh-huh. life I'm a Leo, they're like, doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> and I'm like, you should listen to my podcast <laughs> where I don't stop talking. You should, you should see me online. <laughs> yeah. You should see me in my natural habitat. <laughs> Oh, fellow Leo. That's nice. <laughs> I love finding other Leo. I know, me too. Was the girl he left behind emotional for you to write at all? I think... Well, yes. Yes, it was It was very, very emotional to write. I think the last... Ooh, maybe like the last ten chapters, or like the last five chapters, something like that, were the hardest and very 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 emotional for me to write in the moment because of either because of what I was going through then or just because it was the first time I'd written it I was able to write it pretty easily like I wrote the book in um like a month I think it only took me a month so I I wrote it very very quickly but the sequel took me two years to write um, and it's because getting back into that mentality was so, so difficult. Um, getting back into that place that was 
yeah, it was a, it's a lot of pain. There's a lot of mo- emotions in that book. And I have to literally be in the mentality of the characters. And they have a lot of baggage. They have a lot of weight. And it took me a long time to write that sequel because it was so difficult to get back into that mindset. Um, and it's the reason why I've been struggling to write a third book is because my I'm so happy and content with where I am now that it's so difficult for me to backtrack back into um, like a mentality that has to deal with that kind of emotional weight. Um, so it was very difficult to write. It is still very difficult to write. It's very difficult to edit. Um, but it's a book that's very much delivered purely with emotion. Um, so I'm very happy with how it was delivered because of that. Yeah, so sort of piggybacking on that. Do mm-hmm. you have a favorite book that you've written? Like one that was like easiest hmm. or one that was like the most difficult? Which one would that be out of all of them? Um... I think I have a few for different reasons. Like, I think my favorite will probably be Ask Amy, just because I had so much fun writing it and the process of writing it and then putting it online was, it was just a very fun process for me. And I, I, I like how it turned out. I think it, I think it was pretty good. <laughs> but, it then, was. Like, but then also, um, a book I'm taking down soon to hopefully finish writing and query to agents uh, that one's Rani Raja and um, mm-hmm. that one is one of my favorites because it's a full Indian cast uh, it's my first historical fiction uh, it's very I just the prose was so different from what I'd written before uh, that I enjoyed it so much it was just it was so different from the other things I've written that it really does have a very special place in my heart um, so that one is is honestly probably my favorite book and in terms of favorites as well mm-hmm. so you've got a favorite book do you have a favorite character or characters from your books my my favorite one's Chica which is the one I'm writing right now, uh, my recent uh, upload uh, that I was writing during quarantine. Uh, she's my favorite because she's literally me. <laughs> um, she's, <laughs> she's also, she's half Indian. Uh, she's stupid. <laughs> she literally uh, loves food, gets annoyed easily, slaps people's arms. She's literally me. Uh, <laughs> and also... My favorite male character would be Amandi, who is the ma- the male character in Wednesdays at Wesley's, because he's just I don't know he's so fun. There's something about like his confidence is great. I love him. I think he's great. And so, in terms of, like the logistics of your writing again, mm-hmm. how much would you say you write per week? Do you try and write every day, or like certain days, or in terms of like word count? So I tried to, because everyone's like, if you write 500 words a day, you'll you'll write so much, you'll be great. And everyone says you should be writing every day because that will help you build a a rapport for it. But like, I can't, like, <laughs> literally can't. I've tried. I cannot do it. Instead, I will, if I'm in the mood, I'll sit and I'll be like, oh, okay, I have time. I really want to write this chapter. I will just sit for like four hours straight and write like two to four thousand words of something. 
Um, actually, not four hours. No, it's usually like two or three. But and splurge out a ton of words and then go to bed. And then I might not write again for like five days. Like I haven't written in seven days, but that's fine because <laughs> it's only been seven days. <laughs> but like I can't force myself to write. I really, really can't. And also because I'm in school as well and I have to write essays. I I just I don't have time to write every single day. Like I don't get it. It's I I admire anyone that can. <laughs> yeah, it's me too. Also, I get like I don't know, like I get bored easily and if I'm not in the mood to write, I really just can't do it. Like I can't force myself. I'll get yeah. irritated at myself or I'll write something so bad I'll get irritated at the book, which is stupid because I'm the one that wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> The last question we have is the most accurate question. How does it feel to be amazing? (laughs) I literally got a message on my Instagram similar to this, and I literally replied with, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to reply to these things. I'm... I'm not. I'm I'm a humble... I'm not humble, but I'm like, I'm a... I'm but a a random person on the internet. (laughs) I'm... I'm by no means amazing. <laughs> but thank you for saying I am. I'll, I'm going to print that off somewhere. Yeah, get it framed. Just, you'll just see, like, they'll just be, like, on my wall. It's just, like, you're amazing. <laughs> you're amazing. You're a genius. It's literally just, like, an Instagram DM I've p- printed off of just, you're amazing. <laughs> no context. Honestly, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. It's I don't so think I've laughed this much recording an episode. <laughs> I've never done a podcast before. This is so this is so fun. I'm terrified. I'm so terrified to hear my voice. <laughs> uh, my best advice I don't think I like listen. When I'm editing episodes, I zone out. I pretend it's I pretend it's not me talking. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna hear my voice and be like, oh my god. Is that me? Also because I can't tell what my accent is doing, because as I said, like I'm British. And if I'm not around a Canadian, my British accent comes out. So who knows? Who knows what this is going to be? There's been a out. few words. like Yeah, there will be. There's been a... And I was like, oh, that's... <laughs> I know that. I just, I need a disclaimer in here. It is my accent. I'm not randomly <laughs> turning British. It is, it is my voice. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. It's Thank been such you. a pleasure. If there's anything, like I said, this episode becomes sometime in October so if there's anything you like to plug for that time I don't know how planned in advance you are but <laughs> um, I'm very, um I literally don't know what's happening next week <laughs> I, I will plug Halloween <laughs> yes buy a pumpkin unless of course you don't do Halloween I'm, I'm not forcing this on you but if you do <laughs> once again disclaimer please don't hold me liable please buy a pumpkin uh watch Halloween Town I'm so excited. Yes, I have a DVD player. Leave me alone. I'm an old woman. <laughs> I literally got grilled the other day by a friend who's like, why do you have a DVD player? I'm like, I, what is this question? What do you mean, why? <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I don't have a DVD player anymore. No one does but me. <laughs> I'm an old woman. We've established this. Let me watch Halloween Town in peace. I'm more of a Twitches girl myself. Oh, I love Twitches. I'm still watching it. I do love Twitches. I also got Adam's family. Christina Ritchie in as Wednesday. Yes. Uh, a wonderful performance, quite honestly. 
Amazing. Amazing. I think, like, children's Halloween movies are so much better than horror movies. Oh, so much more. See, the thing is, like, horror movies, I do not like watching. Unless I'm in a movie theater that's packed. And that's only because I find it more amusing. Like, mm-hmm. I-, I watched The Nun in a... Hilarious. We all were laughing. <laughs> and it's not a comedy, which was probably an issue. But it was hilarious. <laughs> I am not a horror movie kind of girl. I cannot watch them at all like no matter where i am i just like i'll watch it with other people but then also i'm looking at the corner of the screen instead of the screen <laughs> like literally i took a horror cinema class and i looked at the corner of the room the whole time <laughs> <laughs> and then i looked back and i looked back at the wrong time because it was when there was a jump scare i literally oh, jumped no. out of my seat uh horrific honestly well ellie it's uh. been so much fun Realizing everything we have in common from being videos <laughs> to being commonly terrified of horror movies. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast by reaching out through a DM or a message, you can do so through my social medias. And the ones I use the most for the podcast are Instagram and Twitter, where you can find me at Shut Up Bella with an extra S for shut. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed and let me know any thoughts or opinions you have on this episode. Goodbye. Lots of love from Bella.